This is I Am Change podcast. The IIC podcast hopes to inspire you to live more consciously and be the change the society needs. I'm your host, Koride Aziz. The social distance between us and I'm freaking out. Hello from the Just me and myself and I And I stay home order That's breaking my heart But it's clearly what we should have done from the start Hello from Corona Live I FaceTime call There's a good chance you've seen this video by Chris Mann. It's called Hello from the Inside. It's an Adele parody, obviously. The first time I saw it, I laughed so hard, but it also made me think. Staying locked up in the house could actually drive anyone crazy. For many of us, this would be the first time we'd be forced to stay indoors, being unable to go to work, school, parties, the gym, or even the park. Imagine we have to live like this for several months. What do you think might happen to your mind? Or my mind? Given how stressful all of this can be, how might people with mental disorders cope? Are there certain people who might be at higher risk of developing mental health issues? I talked about this with Labiba Seydu Ibrahim, who's a counseling health psychologist. A quite number of um, people who have different mental illnesses happen to have this relapse during this pandemic event. People with anxiety happen to have because they're already people who are subtly worried. People with depression as well are prone to having relapse during periods like this. Their coping technique is not working anymore because they can't do those things they used to do or they normally do to make them feel better. Then people with bipolar disorder as well, they, they would tend to have relapse as well. How about people who don't already have yeah, mental health issues? Could they possibly be at risk of developing problems at this time? Um, yeah, people who don't have coping techniques are at risk of exposing themselves or at risk at having um, issues during this period. And this is a period where we would have people in our personal spaces. Let's take, for instance, married couple. They're used to going out in the morning to the various workplaces and then they would come back or they're missing each other, you know. But in a period like this, we just have to be in the same space and uh, we have to tolerate each other. We'd have to just make sacrifices and compromises we're not even ready for because honestly, nobody is ready for this. For someone who has low tolerance, it's going to make it very difficult for that person to keep seeing. For someone who gets angry easily, it's going to be difficult. For an introvert that doesn't like being around people, you know, they just love having their own time, they just love being on their own. And then at some point, even if you're not an introvert, you know, sometimes you just, you just want to be on your own. 
and you want to reflect, but you can't do that because there are lots of people doing one thing or the other. Then let's go to the extroverts. If you're a kind of person that usually goes out um, or a regular basis, socialize with friends, you know, you just can't stay in one place. And then all of a sudden you would have to be in, in one space. It's so difficult for them to keep calm. You know, sometimes you feel they're just going to go crazy. Mm. All right. So you, you mentioned coping techniques. Like what coping techniques do you think would help people who don't have mental health issues to be at the optimum mental health? There are people that, okay, throughout this period, um, all they do is sleep. It's, you know, it's a reason that no matter how relaxed you are, you'd eventually get tired. So one can just choose to learn new skills. One can just choose to do all those things you've been procrastinating for years, things you have been anticipating, but you didn't get the time to do. You can do that. You can learn um, new recipes. You can just do work, um, workouts outside or inside your house, yoga, dancing. If you know, it makes you happy. For people that haven't spent time with your family, this is a right period for you to just do it get to know your family you might never know things you'd find out and it's going to be really exciting because it's like you're exploring then it's going to bring your bonds together but in as much as you want to do that by the time you notice you're getting into each other's space try and space out you know just give a breathing space and i've seen a lot of online um lectures online trainings like you could join just do anything productive in your life and then try as much as possible to be spontaneous with it so the first thing is know what works for you it's a lot easier if you know what works for you because you can't just say um, because that person is happy doing this you'd automatically be happy doing that it doesn't work that way as long as your personality is not the same it wouldn't work for you you know, I've seen a lot of videos that go, hey, be productive this period, don't lazy around. Some people, all they want is to be lazy around. If lazing around makes you feel better, just lazy around because you wouldn't want to just succumb to societal pressure saying, okay, this one is useless and his life is not doing anything. And then you feel the need to do something because other people are doing something. What if that other something doesn't actually make you happy? If you're a parent with children in school, there is a good chance you've adjusted to spending only a limited number of hours with them a day. All of a sudden, their school has to shut down and then your office has to do the same. Now you're stuck with your whining, restless, perpetually hungry little angels. And right about now, you've had enough. Or maybe you're more concerned about how your children are faring and struggling to keep them engaged. What can you do? I would advise parents to get a routine for their kids. A routine that would be fun, would be educating, and it would be interactive for them. I'm sure lots of kids actually like the idea of spending a lot of time at home. Most kids will like going to school, you know, just waking up early. But then at the end of the day, they would eventually get bored. So you as parents, you can just create fun. You know, Africans, we're just born to like, we're always serious with our kids. There's mm-hmm. nothing like if you sitting down, play around with them, you know, you get it. This is the time for parents to understand their kids. This is the time to communicate with them. This is the time to actually learn to be empathetic with your kids. Now I'm wondering about parents who have to continue working during this period. And the funny thing is some parents who would normally work nine to five because now there's hardly a separation between work 
life and home life they might even be working for longer hours so what can parents like that do to ensure that their children are at the right pace psychologically so most most of those parents tend to have caretakers that do take care of the kids so you can just try and um tell the caretaker okay this is the new routine i want my kids to have are you self-isolating alone perhaps because you don't have a roommate or because you somehow found yourself stuck in one place because the lockdowns happened so fast how are you doing what are you doing to keep your spirits up try as much as possible to reach out to people whenever they feel bored or carried away find something that would keep your mind off busy so once you just find yourself thinking oh i'm bored or thinking oh yeah i'm slipping into depression you know or i think i am losing my mind just look for something that would take off your mind off that and you're good to go so people who are economically vulnerable what different problems might they have from other people who are financially okay imagine somebody who has not been able to eat meat of envenoms that person would likely be sad and then once you sit for a long time you know sometimes you feel agitated there is hunger there is this feeling of guilt maybe if you have a family you can tender or you can send for them people like that are prone to having mental illnesses mm-hmm. so that's their difference they already have a factor that would lead to having mental illness what can we do what can anyone do to protect their own mental health as well as those of loved ones while taking care of yourself because sometimes especially mothers we're so busy taking care of other people that we do forget ourselves for other people you could just be there emotionally for them basically for them except in the period whereby okay you know this is a toxic person so that's mm. where you have to choose yourself and because in a process of trying to save that person you would actually just drown yourself so learn to know when to walk out in a toxic um relationship once it's getting toxic then you would need to save yourself instead because at the end of the day you'd end up drowning the person and drowning yourself so yeah check up on your loved ones be there for them emotionally all right thank you thank you so much it's my pleasure thank you for having me And that wraps up my interview with Labiba. So far, one group of people who haven't been talked about much is people with substance use disorders. How might they be more vulnerable in a time like this when we're right in the middle of a global pandemic? Dr. Dayaba Shaibui is a mental health practitioner and an internationally certified addiction professional. She's also the country director of Reconnect Health Development Initiative, a mental health charity. We spoke about the issues people with substance use disorder and addiction may have to deal with amid this crisis. Listen. What are the specific risks for people with addiction? Okay, um we can actually look at it in two ways, yeah? Mm. So addiction like you always say is actually a chronic brain disease. Yeah, it's not a personality issue, it's not a moral flaw, it's not a weakness is not a social issue right so with the lockdown people who are struggling with addiction may get really desperate because in the first place why is the cycle of addiction perpetuated it's because people who have an addiction who are struggling with the substance use disorder are usually unable to just stop 
because of the withdrawal symptoms that come from trying to stop or cut down. Withdrawal symptoms are very unpleasant physical symptoms that come. They're usually the opposite of the effect um, these individuals get when they use the substances. So we lock down the people or individuals that use substances can actually get desperate. One of two things. They start struggling with withdrawals and they try to find a way of getting these substances by all means. So this might expose them to risky situations. They dump all the consequences and go out to get the substance. So they might get into trouble. They might go mix up with people who are already exposed to the virus, which is the reason uh, for the lockdown in the first place. For some, the symptoms can actually be managed, you know, medically. So I give an example. If someone is addicted to, say, codeine, usually the side, the withdrawal symptoms uh, abdominal cramps, so general body pains, runny nose, teary eyes, you know, flu-like symptoms. So the symptoms can actually be treated. It could be the beginning of my recovery because if mm. I'm able to withstand these unpleasant symptoms or the unpleasant effects of withdrawal, then it might just be an opportunity for me to stop using substances. For others, which is the third category now, because of the lockdown, there is no work, there is no school, it's a great opportunity for them to go into treatment because one of the challenges of treatment is, oh, I'm not able to stay in a rehabilitation center for this long because I need to go back to school or, or I need to get back to work. And if I, you know, my office does not know what I'm struggling with and I'm unable to take three months of work or six months of work. But with the lockdown, nothing is happening. So you rehab centers are open. Oh, yes. Like someone mm. asked me once, I was wondering why I was still working. And her question was, a psychological says, is psychological service an essential service? I said, oh my goodness, we are the ones, <laughs> you know, that are having a lot to do, just like the physical health people. Because mm. there are people that people are struggling with a lot of anxiety. People are struggling with a lot of psychological issues because of that fear, fear of the unknown. Okay, it's either I'm a frontliner and I feel I'm exposed, or I have a loved one who is in isolation, I don't know what's going to come out of it, or I just don't know what's going to happen to my business, or I don't know what's going to happen to my family if I don't go out to defend, you know, for food, or I've never been indoors for this long, so I'm feeling suicidal. So there's a lot of work to do. So we actually rehab centers are open, and, you know, I always say it is an opportunity, you know, mm. for some people. Okay. Um, do you think we could see an increase in the number of ODs, overdoses? Well, it's not as easy as a, as a yes or no answer. So overdose now, uh, it depends on access. So if the individual has access, how regular is the access? For instance, I just have the one-off supply and I don't know when next I'm going to get it. I could actually get enough and decide to keep in the house and keep using but if i'm unable to take it to the house and i have a one of opportunity to go out and meet my dealer i actually feel like let me pump enough into my system to keep me for the next few days so that could actually predispose me to an overdose because again mm. we should remember that addiction takes over judgment someone without an addiction can actually think that no don't do that it doesn't make sense. Someone who struggles with a substance use disorder or addiction 
does not have that capacity to think logically. So it's not an all or none because of the peculiarity of the situation. All right. But what else can someone who might be struggling with a substance use disorder do right now? And what can their friends and family do to help, if anything? Okay, good. Um, seek help and seek help from the right place. Because I keep saying, what are friends and family going to do now that they've not been doing before? Mm. As opposed to when we all had our lives to face, oh, at least I still get to go to work, I still get to go to school. So the amount of the degree of contact I have with a loved one who's struggling with a substance use disorder is, is less. So I'm likely to get less frustrated with the situation. Because the truth of the matter is addiction is a very difficult disease. It takes a lot from family. When one person uses, the entire family suffers. So generally, there's a lot we can do, right? Spend more mm-hmm. time together. Try to show understanding and love. But it's to a large extent, I would say that is not the treatment for addiction because it's beyond advice, which is what mm-hmm. a lot of family and friends do. We advise, oh, don't you know addiction is bad for you? Oh, I think you should stop this. If they were able to just stop, they would stop. But it's beyond them. So I think mm-hmm. the best thing to do at this point is to show love and understanding and discuss the issue. Let the person who is struggling know that oh, family is willing to support. Treatment is available. So this is the time to sit down as a family and discuss. Okay, we know that you have this problem. Treatment is available. Are we able to consider treatment? Another set of people who may be easily forgotten at this time is our health workers. A study published March 23 in the medical journal JAMA JAMA, found that among 1,257 healthcare workers working with COVID-19 patients in China, 50.4% reported symptoms of depression, 44.6% symptoms of anxiety, 34% insomnia, and 71.5% reported distress. Nurses and other frontline workers were among those with the most severe symptoms. Health workers are just like the rest of us. They may be heroes, but they're not superhuman. What are the mental health risks for them? So these are health workers who are human beings like you and I, who have families, who have people that love them, who have children, who have parents, who have siblings, right? And by virtue of their profession, are exposed to this virus. They can't just stand up and say, I'm not going to work. They took an oath to help people. But every day they leave their homes and they go to work not knowing what will happen. So it might not be that bad in Nigeria. I'm just giving a glo- an overview globally. There are medical practitioners that are committing suicide because they're unable to come to terms with how much death they are seeing. There are medical practitioners that going down into depression, slipping into depression because they, they just feel sad. Someone sent me a video of an ER nurse and she says she loves her job, but she just, she's just filled with so much sadness. She goes into her world and she just sees dead bodies and she just doesn't know what to do. You go to work and your colleague that you probably worked with a few weeks ago dies from the same virus. Health practitioners are not immune to this virus. You know, professionally, we've been trained not to show emotions in the line of duty. But what happens when we're off duty? 
what are our hours of work, mm. um, what's going through our mind. So I think they should be availed with psychosocial support, help, even if it's a helpline, for them to be able to call and talk to a therapist, you know, to say, okay, this is just to decompress, instead of keeping it all in and trying to behave like they're strong or it will just pass. It won't just pass. Get help. Talk to someone. If you have any thoughts you'd like to share on the topic, we'd like to hear from you. Send us a message via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. On Twitter, we are at IAC underscore podcast. And on Facebook and Instagram, we are at I am change podcast. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. Please rate and review IAC podcast on iTunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts. That way, more people can find us. Until the next episode, continue to be the change you want to see.